On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we've got an action-packed episode where we're looking at week number five's picks in the NFL. We've got, for the first time in the history of Double Down Trent, a rare triple crossfire. That's right. Three crossfires on one pick. You're going to want to stick around and see what game that is. Plus, it is the return of our very own Mr. Model back on the show after a hiatus in the lab. He's been crunching numbers. Spoiler alert, he's been at the top of our league pretty much every single week. So we welcome him back on as he makes his picks. Crossfires galore, tons of action on week number five in the NFL. So stay tuned for episode number 129 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double down, Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host for the evening. Joining us tonight, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back, Kaz. Excited to talk NFL Week Five. Uh, hopefully, not too much Bronco talk this time around. Uh, you know, it was it was good therapy uh, the last time we got together, but uh, you know, it hasn't gotten any better as you guys know. So, yeah, hopefully, limit the Bronco talk and keep it more to the lines. And somehow you guys are, are winning games, which is shocking. So, you know, I guess it's not the worst situation that you could be in. We're terrible. <laughs> We also have our Patriots expert living in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Kaz. Good to be back. Um, I think I might need the therapy session this week after the end of that Pats game. Uh, I'm not feeling very positive about a lot of things. And right now, I don't think any of them have to do with the quarterback position necessarily. So I'm excited to get into it. But uh, I'll tell you, man, that, that game was more upsetting than any loss I can remember in recent history for just a number of reasons. And it probably shouldn't have been, but I'm, I'm in a dark place. Well, I'll tell you what, Hughes, the good news is there have been earlier Melfi sessions than this. This is week four. I've been here as a giants fan. I was on the Melfi couch probably last four years at this time. So let's go there. Let's go there. We got other stuff to talk about, which we'll, we'll get to as well, but let's start with the yeah. paths and let's get this let's Melfi session out of the way. A brutal loss, just an absolute gut-wrenching loss. Talk us through it. Well, and here's here's my take. One, didn't think we had much of a chance of winning the game going in. I figured we'd put up a good fight. I figured the Packers would be like, oh, this is going to be a joke. And I think we saw that early. Hoyer was fine. I was okay. I'm always okay with him in there for a game or two. He knows the offense well enough. Um, obviously, they're doing some different stuff this year, but he still has got a, you know, he's got a good sense. He's a veteran. He's played a bunch of different places. So I was fine with that. I thought they played well, right? I thought they played great on defense. Uh, they had some opportunities, pick six, a couple of things that really went right. I think, I don't think the Packers are that good, which is part of the part of the scenario in this situation, but I thought they played what really well. And then Hoyer gets hurt. Zappy comes in. I think he was fine, serviceable, clearly in over his head, but here's, here's where I am lost. And I'm telling you, I'm watching Bill Belichick's post-game press conference searching to understand and all he talks about is Aaron fucking Rodgers. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to talk about how great Aaron Rodgers is, because I did think there were some times in that game where he threw balls and did things that only Aaron Rodgers can do. He fit into some tight windows to Lazard. I thought he played exceptional at times, other than when he was getting pressured, but I thought Rodgers was great, which Belichick acknowledged and ultimately said, you know, we, we got beat. Rodgers was Rodgers. But here's what I fucking can't square. Why would you punt in plus territory with fourth and under five when you know that you're punting to the fucking guy who is the best at what he does. Like, I cannot. Bill Belichick famously got buried for going forward against Peyton Manning in their own territory in a similar situation because he said he didn't want to give the ball back to Peyton Manning. 
when you had Tom Plunkett, what, what, what is happening? It, it cannot just be that they didn't trust Zappi. They needed to go for that fourth down because if they punted, they were either tied. To me, they were playing for a tie. And that is not staff and the mentality that I've been used to for the last two fucking decades. It is not, and I'm upset, and I cannot square how the fuck they decided to punt the ball in that situation when the only play for them to win was to go for it. And I don't think that they were in a bad situation to go for it. It's fourth and under five. Made no fucking sense, and I'm just beside myself about the whole thing. It was a chicken shit football. That's what they call that, chicken shit football. (laughs) You know what? I I watched the game. I'm with you and Billy Zappi. I thought he played fine. But Belichick, to just – you know, suck Rogers' dick. That's a that's a deflection technique, right? He doesn't want to ask answer the questions and why he didn't go for it in fourth and five. Am I right, Coulter? You said it best. It's pussy football at its finest, and uh he's had a right rightful reason to be upset. I mean, it was after playing decades of of uh you know on brand Patriot football, that's not what you want to see for him. And to skirt the questions of the media after decades of treating them like dog shit. Uh, and then just to fan some fake fart praise on to Rogers. That that's, that's Bush league stuff. So uh, one to forget for sure. It, it was, it had the kind of like feelings of a game where once it ended and the, the spark of the zappy uh, didn't, it didn't end in a win and a survivor uh, suicide jump off for half of America it just kind of reminded me of a game that it was like it had a lot of momentum and, you know, best to forget about it almost because it was just like such an ugly ending. I don't know, Hughes, but like, how do you come back from this? You're one in three now. You've got Poyers probably playing this week, but I don't know, man. You, it doesn't feel like this Patriots team of old that we're used to. No, it's definitely not. I, I, I will say this, though. I mean, we're three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, and <laughs> I think that says everything you need to know about where this team's going to be at all year. We're, we're going to live in this margin. I think the 10 and a half or whatever it was, was fair. Nine and a half maybe is what it went off game at kickoff against the pack. Anytime you get over a touchdown with Bill Belichick, I mean, I think maybe the rule should be, you should take it because they're just going to play most of these games close. Like they're good enough on defense. I mean, they may end up losing by two touchdowns to some teams that are a little bit more offensively explosive. Um, but yeah, I, they're three and a half point favorites this week. So I can't really wrap my head around that. I know we texted about that a little bit. Um, I It's surprising to me, especially with a Detroit team that's looked pesky. Um, but I think that's how you bounce back. I mean, you've got a home game uh, that's winnable. The only way to forget about what the fuck just happened is to go out and beat the Lions and say, all right, we're two and three. We're not where we want to be. But guess what? We, we're, we're, not, we're not dead yet. We're not fucking dead yet. And that's just that's what they got to do this week. That's their only option. They got to win this game. Yeah. It's must win. Week fucking four. Week we four must win. Here, here we go. Week five. Here we go. Week yeah. five. Uh, the line has to be reflective of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Golf versus uh, Belichick rematch. Yeah. I mean, the bookie knows. The bookie it's like, hey, we saw it. We know. How about yeah, that? I, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of that. I think also, I mean, we've seen how fucking head-scratching some of the Detroit coaching moves have been across the board, both from yeah. Campbell, his assistants, I I thought in hard knocks, they were playfully fun as a coaching staff. I think he's a play, but like they clearly are not necessarily equipped for some of these close game situations and what they need to do to win games in the NFL. And like, they've shown that a couple of times and that's where this is a, just a massive coaching mismatch. Uh, before we uh, go any further, we're going to do a live cut in uh, to New York. We're going to live Whoa. to Aaron judge. Let's see what happens here. We're here on the ground. We're here on the ground. Aaron Judge is for number 61. Uh, I'm sorry we're interrupting all of your fucking lives, but here we are to call number Aaron Judge. Colter, we're going to open this one up. We've all got some takes on it. Obviously, Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run yesterday, but for a full, what, 10 days, we had to get live cut-ins. We had to get updates. We had to get all these things for the guy who broke the Yankees' home run record, ultimately. And I know it's the American League home run record, but... A lot of hoopla. You're a big Yankees fan, Coulter. So. Well, hold on, hold on. He didn't break just the Yankees' home run record. He made, he broke the American League home run record. I I agree, and I think I okay. said that. I believe that. So if yep. not, I apologize. Yeah. You might imagine. He that. started off with he broke the Yankees' home run Which record, which is like, also true. Friend. These are both both can be true which here. Was, this is yes. Yeah, this is Hughes. Like this has gotten off to a great start. <laughs> All right, but first though. What, I mean, obviously happy for Judge, but let's talk about this coverage here. 
you're you're in the Connecticut tri-state New York area. You're a Yankees fan. What was it like being up in there? You I mean everybody just starts the first weekend of it. You know, it, it's college football Saturday. I mean, he had just tied it, or maybe it was even before he had tied. It. I think he was at sixty. So this is had to have been uh, almost now twelve days ago. College football Saturday, people are complaining. They're sending me texts like, I run ABC and ESPN and Disney, uh, cutting into the judge thing. And so it's like, to, to answer your first question, how does it feel to be a Yankee fan? It's like, well, people are complaining to me about the cut-ins. And it's like, oh, well, I agree with the general sports fan. I don't think it's necessary. And I think it can be solved. And I'm sure you guys are, this is part of your take. You're running a sports network, right? If this is a simple solution. It's baseball. If you know judge hit the home run, Send us in to hit. We'll watch him hit the home run gladly. Don't send us in live if the guy's just going to take four balls. Like, that is just a bad idea. Like, it, it's anticlimactic. You know, baseball's slow. You know, it's like a dead ball sport. <laughs> you know, the chances are so low of him hitting it. Why not just cut in after the fact that he's hit it and just show us the highlight? It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's so nonsensical. Could not agree more. If they want to do that, great. Show us the, the actual like replay of him hitting 62. I'm totally fine with that. The live at bats. I mean, it's just, it got brutal. Hughes. I mean, it was overkill here. Uh, so, all right. I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take the middle line here. I didn't necessarily hate it other than the fact that it wasn't for the actual home run record. I think like, I think there could have been a place for it. And that's where I think you get to the point of like, he was breaking an AL record, which I think the point of what we've seen too, that we need to try and separate is we've clearly seen the networks try and treat this as the actual home run record. They, they want to whitewash and remove whatever, get rid of the McGuire Sosa bonds, they don't really want to talk about that as the, head, the as the home run king. And that's where I think they were trying to take some of this. I think they were trying to show everybody that they were like, we're going to just treat this like he's about to break the actual home run record. I think for all of us that grew up with Barry Bonds but, and grew up in that era. the sport to, to do that, though? It, it, I, so base, baseball I've seen takes on whole, both sides. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You baseball know, I don't know. owns the Baseball Hall of Fame. And so let's just say we all have children, right? Baseball Hall of Fame, you might as well put TNT to it. If guess who is the home run leader in the Baseball Hall of Fame? If I take my son Luke there at 18 years, if Judge didn't just break the home run record, it's Roger Maris. I agree. And that would have been almost a hundred years since he's done that. Guess what? Pro sport other Hall of Fames don't have that problem. Basketball doesn't have that problem. They have a bunch of current and recent players that have all had touched people. Everyone can see Kobe, they can see LeBron, they can see MJ. Football definitely does not have that problem. Baseball has a massive, massive problem with relevancy. And Judge, I think, helps connect that bridge. I mean, he definitely gets it, he ignites a lot of excitement with new fans, I think. Yes, I, I, I agree no. with that. I think Judge yeah. is a great person for this, too. I mean, he's like a very likable guy. And I'm, you know, that, I, you I was going to say, the that, other thing is you didn't, you didn't ask for all the cutting yeah, to him. To 100%. Walk. I mean, no. it's ridiculous. But no. I will say this. I'm with Morris Hughes on this because Bonds has the home run record. I'm sorry. He's got it. Yes, he had juiced up i agree like, with you guys what? he's in the he, he's not in the hall of fame though and so the baseball the people that run baseball is, and the media people are they're all about optics yeah. and, and no, they I have agree. to keep I, the sport alive the sport's gonna die of irrelevancy and then espn won't have sunday night baseball and fox won't have the playoffs to air because people won't be won't care about baseball the more and more we get away fair. from these old records it's like you have to keep my take fresh. my last point on this is the Hall of Fame is a fucking museum. Just put a steroid wing in. Like, what's the I agree. difference? Listen, I'm all with you guys on the Bonds is the record holder and Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. But the cases or the facts are that Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. And, and, and you know, it, baseball wants to try to – Hughes is right. They kind of want to sweep it or they want to whitewash it away, this Bonds era. And they're not necessarily wrong. I mean, the, I agree. the NFL could whitewash the concussion thing. I'm sure they would do it. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, there's so many things that they would like these sporting teams. I mean, I'm sure NBA, I mean, the NBA has gotten so lucky because of COVID the thing with China and the NBA, I mean, they got lucky. That is a nightmare situation with them and nobody has taken them to task. Cause I feel like the media is all liberal, but like, it's ridiculous. I mean, all these leagues are double standards. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And that what what's also disingenuous is that everybody got so fucking rich 
that like if they didn't hate what was happening, they just want to pretend that it didn't. And I think that's where I read something. I'm on both sides of the argument. I, I think Bonds should be in. I don't know about the rest of Barry Bonds was one of the greatest baseball players of all time before he ever took steroids. Definitely. I know there's no way to prove that, but at the same time, like, the, oh, there's ways like to someone, prove it. He was a 40 ba- stolen base and uh, but 40 like, home run hitter. That he wasn't really on. Like, guys, you know, in the 80s, 70s, amphetamines, there was a lot of things that guys took to enhance their play that weren't a big deal until it became something that was so scientifically engineered that it turned you into a fucking action figure. And that's Barry Bonds' problem. He got so, he was already so good that the steroids made him that much better. And that was his argument. Guys were getting rich that didn't even sniff his talent level. And he said, fuck that. I'm not going to let these guys get rich. It's not against the rules. I'm going to fucking do it. And guess what? He hit 73 homers. So like, I, I just can't blame him necessarily for this, but I also understand where baseball is coming from. So I'm on, I'm on both sides. And that's where I want to make my quick judge point. And this is, this is where I agree about the Aaron judge likability. And I also think that it created one of the dream scenarios for any Yankee hater up because right now we're living in a world where one of two things is going to happen. The Yankees are either going to have to pony up and overpay for a guy who's not young and probably isn't at, he might be, the pinnacle of his career, but he, he's he's not going to be a relevant player for as long as I think his contract's going to be. So they're either going to have to way overpay him compared to what this they could have got him for when they the peak of his career. He played center field this year. I mean, you don't realize how hard it is what he's done in the field, and and he's been asked about leadoff for the basically the last third of the season. I mean, he's not just hitting for power; he's hitting for contact. He's drawing walks. I mean, he's doing everything for this team. Yeah, I mean, to your point, he's it's. It's going to be a nosedive in terms of performance from here on out, I feel like. And so you got either they overpay by a long shot because now he's going to out leverage them with all his talk about Red Sox fans and all the ties to the Giants and all the things that are out there about, you know, him being a Cali guy. So I think that happens or he leaves and then all the Yankee fans are mad at the front office and mad at everything because they lost out on Judge. The only thing that can save the Yankees, this is, this is Kaz. This is the thing I'm fearful of. Oh, if they win a World Series, none of this matters. Yeah, and Judge could walk off into the sunset, yep. and no one will give a shit because they're still dropping confetti in the canyon of fucking heroes or whatever they call it down fucking Fifth Avenue. I mean, so that's my only fear. But if they lose to the Astros, you want to go to the parade together, Hughes? Blow it up. <laughs> If they lose to the Astros and he leaves, blow it up. Everybody's going to hate fucking Cashman. I can't wait. It's going to be a great offseason. Because guess what? The Red Sox, they stink, and I'm fucking hating on them too. Yeah. Well, listen, anything can happen in the playoffs. They got to get hot pitching. I just don't see the Yanks making that run, but again, it can happen. However, we interrupt the current programming to announce the return of our very own Mr. Model. Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? I mean, it's been a while. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, I don't even know where I am right now. Is this is fucking back. I, I think I see you're blushing there on your own right now. I was hoping, you know, maybe you're coming back from the lab. You've got a big Unabomber beard or something like you're crunching <laughs> numbers. What's new, my man? Uh, I came. I was hoping to uh, come right in at the tail end of that judge. Uh, conversation, which sounded, it's, I'm glad I caught the tail end of it because he's, I think, really nailed a lot of it. I loved it. Um, I'm just excited to talk a little football. I'm, I'm wanting to hear where you guys are at. I need a little status, emotional, mental updates. You know, we've had a little bit of good, a little bit of ugly, a little bit in between. I'm, I'm excited you're for it all. Three in our pool. That sounds like a lot of good on your end. You're, you're crushing it again, Mr. Model. Don't you know, play with the audience. I'm, I'm trying to just be consistent is what I'm trying to be. I, I'm a little peeved that I haven't won any weeks yet, but yes, it's been nice to be uh, still kind of in the, in the running, if you will. And I'll, I'll fill in our listeners because for the past four weeks, Mr. Model has been kind of deflecting here. He said, I, uh, I don't feel comfortable talking about the NFL. I'm not sure about my picks. Well, he's been either in first, second, or third in our league of uh, about 40 something people. So clearly you're doing really well, my friend. Uh, we gave Hughes a mini, a mini Dr. Melfi session about his Patriots. We've gone over the Broncos. I know you're a Broncos fan too, but you know, I guess two and two is not the worst place to be. And guess what? The New York football giants, my friend, we're three and one. Look at us. huh? If the playoffs started today, we're in. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> Who's playing quarterback this week? That's my fucking question. Is is Danny uh, Dimes? Jones. Great question. Jones. You know, I had a, I had a tight butthole when I saw on Twitter that they were bringing in Jake Fromm for a workout, and I thought, Jake no. Fromm, I saw that. <laughs> I meant to text that to you, but I, I, I thought it was a joke. I, I thought they were kidding. There's anything, no way. Anything but from to come back. Put Brody. fucking Saquon in. Let's just play Wildcat yeah, the whole time. I was going to say, play the game. You took the words right out of my mouth, Kaz. What is the point of bringing Jake Farrell back? Just let Saquon play Wildcat for four quarters and get out of London with a loss and just take it on the chin. Like, there's no reason to bring Fromm back. I mean, no. and I'm not, I'm not pro running your running back 35 times either, but like it's a better proposition than Fromm. Last time we saw old Jake Fromm, he was doing a QB sneak on third and 12. So, <laughs> God, so bad. Keep him oh. off the roster. Yeah. Uh, well, Mr. Model, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I had a hot week myself. I am now back in the hunt in our pool. I'm sniffing, and you know my motto. Just tell the listeners what my motto is, please. Oh, he breaks late, and everyone knows it. Everybody oh, knows God. it, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so, Mr. Motto, you're in third place overall. You've got 41 uh, correct picks. But Coulter, right there uh, in sixth, you've got 37. You're tied with Hughes, who has 37. And I'm down there with 34. So I'm in 14th, uh, you know, right there. Tight, tight pack up top. It's like a NASCAR race. Um, but Hey, I say, let's, let's turn to week number five, Mr. Model. You've been hot with your picks here. Uh, let's just go. Let's just jump right into this right now. Why don't you do it? Okay. Uh, let's get your first pick of the week. I got two winners for you this week. My non-key pick, the one I'm going with first is going to be on the Monday night game. Kansas city is home against the Las Vegas Raiders, Kansas city in the football, in the pool that we have right now is minus six and a half. Give me that less than a touchdown. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are going to get get it together for this game. So I am all over Kansas City minus six and a half. Okay, Colton, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of brands, you know, mine is uh, coaching mismatches, and there will be no greater one this year than Andy Reid versus Josh McDaniel. Say no more. Good value play. The lines already moved under the key number in our pool at six and a half. I like Kansas City as a teaser leg, too. A couple other ones, Packers versus your Giants, Vikings versus the Lynn Bears. Get those at Kansas City. Get Kansas City uh, point and a half. That's a good teaser side for sure. Um, Vegas beat us, and whoever gets attracted to Vegas because they beat the Broncos last week is just not watching football. The Broncos stink. The Raiders stink. Uh, Kansas City put the grind on a pretty good Bucks defense, I think. So, yeah, I like Kansas City on this one. All right, Hughes, what do you got in that game? I'm cross-firing. Um, here's why. Because you love Josh McDaniels. You love Josh McDaniels. No, they, they, I just think they play close games. Like, uh, all their losses have been under a touchdown. Um, they haven't been great. I agree. Like they, they're, But I do think I, – I saw a comment from somebody on the – the team that said it was like the most complex offense they've ever seen. Um, and so I do think it's going to take some time for them to really lock into what McDaniels is trying to do. But I think Josh has taken a different approach. His team's played really hard for him. I think the chiefs are kind of poised a little bit for a little bit of a letdown. I'm not saying the chiefs don't win, but I'll take that six and a half and I'll run with it. Given the fact that the, the Raiders have not lost a game this season, though they are one and three, they have not lost a game this season by more in six points. Ah, that's a good stat. Uh, this is the only game they didn't cover because they've got to be three and one against the spread, right? I think they're four and zero oh against the spread. No, the Falcons. Oh no, they didn't cover the Titans. Titans. Oh right, okay. I was going to say they, they they are a good team against the number. That's they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay away on the crossfire. I'll take Kansas City, but no action on my my. Yeah, I'm not going to jump on that crossfire as well. I'll leave that to Hughes and Mr. Model, but I am on the Chiefs here as well. Uh, I saw something against the Bucks that really stood out to me, and that was that offense finally clicked alive for the Chiefs. Um, obviously, they gave a ton of points, which is concerning. So under a touchdown, yeah, I don't love that, but um, I don't know. I feel like they've got something clicking here. My only concern would be a letdown game. You know, like I know this is a division game, so it's hard to say a letdown in, in a division game, but – the Raiders stink. They just keep, they beat Tom Brady in the Bucks. I feel like that's a key spot for a letdown, but Mahomes in prime time. Give me that all day. So I'm with you, Mr. Model, six and a half. Give me the Chiefs. I think 
there's one thing uh, this is actually going to support Hughes is just crazy colder conspiracy before we move to the next game. But uh, Monday night has not had a good Monday night game. They've all been blowouts. Uh, and, and the Broncos Seattle game, I guess was a good one, but it was ugly as hell the first week. But the, since then we've either had blowouts or shit games. Uh, and so the back door will be open in this one. I think to your point about Kansas city's defense, Kaz, they do give up a lot of points. Uh, and quite frankly, you know what, this is a game, uh, Hughes was, uh, I think complaining before we started recording about how we can't switch our picks. I think we're actually going to know more about Kansas city after Thursday night, the more we talk about this game, because if my limp Broncos can actually take the toolbox to Indianapolis and I think Kansas city getting six and a half might actually be crazy because any team that loses to Indianapolis and then if they lose to the Broncos, that's not a good, that's not a good sign for them, I think. But uh, that, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the game's going to be close actually when we talk about it, but I, I have to go with Kansas city because I, I have it as a coaching mismatch. I, I do think that loss though from the chiefs to the Colts was fluky. Like I watched a lot of that game. They, they muffed a punt like on their own five yards. Oh, no, like, listen, that game should have been a Chiefs win for yeah, sure. They, yeah. There's but definitely still. no doubt about it. They, that call was fortunate that allowed the Chiefs, yeah. uh, the Colts to stay in the game. But that's a good point. So we'll see some action there. I feel like all the primetime games have actually been pretty shitty. Like there's maybe one or two that have been good, but like for London the most part, was great. Well, I guess <laughs> we'll count that as a primetime game. It was 9 30 in the morning, though. <laughs> um, all right, Coulter, let's get your first pick of the week. I don't know if you will like this one. I like the Bucks minus eight and a half uh, against the Falcons. Brady owns Atlanta. I think Brady is going to be max motivated uh, with his name all over the headlines this week on page six with his divorce. Uh, this this is the only way for him to at least quiet some of those uh, some of that noise is just to dominate the Falcons. Make sure it's not a close game, um, which he's going to have here. I think all the weapons are going to be back and Atlanta has not played a team that has weapons like this. If they spread out Atlanta, I do not think Atlanta can actually hang with this team um, with Evans, Godwin, Julio gauge. Uh, you know, they've got Fournette, the new running back white. They just have too much talent on offense. Uh, Atlanta once down is going to have issues. I, this is a familiar refrain. You guys have heard me handicap before. I think if Tampa jumps out to a, even a seven, nothing lead, that's going to be problematic for Atlanta. Atlanta can't run the ball, which means they can't uh, control the clock, which means they can't keep Brady on the field, which means Brady's just going to keep getting on the field, gashing their defense. Um, the running back health for Atlanta really concerns me. Great spot for Tampa Bay coming off a loss. They're max motivated. How many times have we seen Brady lose three in a row? Atlanta's 4-0 against the spread, like we just mentioned. So there is even a chance, a slight chance that the public backs the team that's not being quarterbacked by Tom Brady here and goes to Atlanta. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it could. Um, and you know what? When the public is not against Tom Brady, I'll side with Tom Brady as much as I don't like the guy personally. He's a hell of a football player. Um, and another little side note, too, these two teams are even in the division, which I think Tampa is going to enter the game and just be offended by the fact that they yeah, I'm shocked. Standings two two. Are two and two. Yeah, uh, and they're gonna lay. They're gonna lay the hard wire to this team. They're gonna flex the muscle. I know the other teams in this division know who's who's the actual boss here. Classic bounce back opportunity, Hughes. What do you think here? You riding with your boy Tommy Brady? Yeah, I'm. I mean, guys, I went out and I purchased myself a married to the game shirt today because I am in support of Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's commitment to his craft has clearly led to a lot of people who maybe once loved him to fall out of love with him. That includes me to some extent, but yes, I'm riding with Tom this week. I'm with Coulter in so many ways, including the fact that fucking Marcus Mariota stinks. Let's call it what it is with no quarter Patterson who just went on IR and, and that guy, I mean, he makes terrible decisions. The fact that they can't get Pitts the ball every time I've watched them play, they throw the ball to Pitts when he's playing like outside receiver, or he's running a fade from the slot, or he's doing any fucking thing. They throw him the ball. If it's within a vicinity of like 10 fucking feet, the guy can catch it. He doesn't fucking throw it to him. I cannot understand this at all. I do not get what Marcus Mariota does for that offense other than the occasional run, and maybe Art Smith feels more comfortable with him. They need a real fucking quarterback. Because I do think there's a lot of other things on the Atlanta team that is positive. Uh, but I do think Patterson's one of the biggest ones. And if he's not playing and they're playing a max motivated Tampa team that clearly cannot lose this game in division at home after what happened against the chiefs. And after the Coulter's point, Tom, all over page six, I mean, I, 
you might want to juice this line up a little bit. Like, I think you might be able to go and up. It already moved. Up. It's nine now, right? Yeah, it's Mr. Got, Model, you've got the live lines, right? Do you see it? I think it's up to nine. I'm pretty sure. I just saw it before we started. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with Colton. Uh, I'm, I'm riding with Tommy. I'm about to nine, nine, nine and a half currently. Nine and a half. Yeah, it's go. Oh, all right. A point. That that's, that's, the page, that's the page six juice. Yeah. He's going to be out to kick. I did see, though, there was a TikTok about Giselle casting a spell on Tom, and that that's why <laughs> this season's been out. It was very compelling, boys. I'm telling you, I was don't, don't, don't want to mess with Brazilian women and their juju. I'm that's that's for real. You, there's a fucking curse on him. The all right, Mr. Model, where do you stand on this game? Uh, nothing to add. I'm on Tampa Bay, too. There's. Uh, you know, I think I think the big thing for me, and you guys touched on it, with Patterson out, he gives them such dynamic back coming out of the backfield. Both, I mean, I think of him more of as a catching back than running. Um, yeah. If he's gone, then I'm like, I just think it's going to be an inept Atlanta offense. So, um, nice bounce back for Tampa Bay this week. I don't love that this line has moved to nine and a half because I am sitting here on the Falcons initially. <laughs> Run now. Why is that? I think Arthur Smith's a hell of a coach. I think mm-hmm. he's figured out some things and had it working. But like you guys said, I do think Cordero Patterson was the key to everything that he was doing. Now, without him, does that mean he's got to get creative and find ways to get the ball of pits? Maybe, maybe. Something about this Bucks team does not feel right to me. And I don't know what it is, but I don't like them. They're lying and shot. back retired and then unretired. Exactly. I feel like again. he's his attention is is just not fully it's fucking ceaseless. there. It's ceaseless. It, yeah. Now, attention unto himself is ceaseless. Sorry. But now he's got all this off-field distractions that he's really never had before. I mean, he's kept a lot of things down uh throughout his career, but now this is out in the tabloids. I think that's gonna weigh heavy on his mind. And I just don't think that Todd Bowles is a good head coach. We've gone over this many times in this show that there are coaches who are just better as coordinators than they are as head coaches. I think Todd Bowles falls under that umbrella. I just have no confidence in him standing on the sidelines. The guy doesn't talk. He shows no emotions. He doesn't even speak to the guys. Something is off there. Now, I wish I was getting nine and a half now that it's up there, but I will accept this crossfire here, Coulter, and I'm going to take the Falcons on this one. Eight and a half. Uh, Call it crazy, but I don't know. They've covered four and like you've covered. You said that, so I think it stays. It's more than the touchdown. Quick, uh, quick stat. I'm, I'm boy. I mean, I'm on the record. It's my one of my best bets. We have to crossfire. It's automatic, so accept it. Quick stat boy moment. Uh, Atlanta currently averaging 181 passing yards a game. Uh, not very well ranked in the league. At league average being 228. Rushing 168 yards per game. Bucks defense allowing a nice low 107 under the league average. This is uh, – they're not going to be able to run the ball. I don't know how they even get any points. Uh, I'll take the crossfire, too, if you want extra action. Okay. Times two. Mr. Model, you want to get in this? Times three? Out. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Hughes, let's get your first pick of the week, my friend. All right. Well – Man, I went back and forth on this one, and I I don't know if I'm going to end up on the wrong side of this team pretty much every week, but I'm going to jump back on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Two and a half seems like a gift. Uh, they're playing Cleveland. Cleveland's been pesky, but the Chargers have to be better than fucking three points than the Browns right now. I, I just don't see it with Brissett in terms of being able to make the moves. I know Bosa's out. I know they've got uh, injuries on the offensive line. I know there's problems, but I'm going to roll with the Chargers minus two and a half just because the number feels so low. That's reasonable. Coulter, where do you land on this game? I feel like the wrong team might be favored, so I'm inclined to take the home underdog with Cleveland. However, you have a much better quarterback with Herbert. uh, And similar to the game we just talked about, if Cleveland falls behind at some point, it just is going to get brutal for them in this game and the Chargers can really pour it on. Uh, there's something about LA traveling across the country and playing early that I just automatically go pick against them. Um, but I mean, we just talked about Atlanta and how bad they are and the fact that Cleveland lost to them last weekend has been really attractive. So I have two really unattractive teams here. It's probably one of my least um, 
I feel confident in games. I'm on Cleveland just getting the points of the home team. Fading the Chargers on the East Coast early, that's probably the principle behind the handicap. So is that a crossfire? No, 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 it's not. Oh, it's not okay. I mean, just one other thing to add. I mean, the two and two, but they beat the fucking Steelers and the Panthers and lost to the Jets and the Falcons. I just can't imagine. This is, seems like class warfare. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm off. But this seems like a, a, a blue blood team versus a fucking a team that's, that's pesky, tough, whatever, you know, but I just don't with percentage. Yeah, but, don't but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Molding. I'll, I'll crossfire you. Oh, Let's go, the Chargers, the Chargers of Los Angeles are not a fucking blue blood team. Get that out of here. They're, what do you mean? I openly reject that. They this are horseshit and you know it, Hughes. They are horseshit historically and you know it. <laughs> they are I'm, not a blue blood. They're that. one of the worst franchises in the NFL. Yeah, period. I don't think no, they're I'm a blue this, blood franchise. Too, pl- they, I mean, they, they had playoff aspirations going into the season. Sorry, they were, blood, maybe. they were a nine and a half win team. They were 10th or 11th overall. Mr. Model, you're good I'm, with the, the quick pull hey. up here. Where, where were they? They were 11th, I think. They nine and a half. They were not top 10. Uh, you're, I mean, again, they're in a tough division. I think there's a lot of teams in that division that people thought think are going to be good. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, and they're injury prone. How, like, if so, if all the things you're saying, how are they two and a half point road fave? Like they, they're a team that everybody, I mean, unless it's just Vegas thinking that they're going to trap people like me into thinking that they're good. I mean, I, no, no, I mean, I think they, I think they're, spread, they're like 70% of it. People are on, they are on the charge. So the, the money is on the chargers. They have people pouring in on chargers. Got That's to interesting. class. class <laughs> blue, blood, blue blood franchise. Mr. Model, where are you landing on this game? Uh, currently, I'm in agreement with Hughes. I'm on the Chargers that I like them uh, two and a half. But I, uh, the sentiment that I heard from Coulter that this is one of my least confident and least interesting games of the weekend. So I am not interested in getting extra involved, although just for the fun of it, it is tempting. Um, I was going to uh, say, I, Hughes baited me into getting the crossfire there. I, this was definitely, yeah. I think, 15th on my scale of 16 confidence. It was low. Yeah, for that's sure. where I'm at. Uh, I'm with, uh, Hughes as well. I, I'm on the chargers. I feel like the Browns are getting shredded, uh, through the air on defense. I just don't know what's going on. I mean, I feel like they've got the talent all over that roster that something's not, not clicking well for them. And I'm going with Brissett. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Herbert over Brissett here. So I feel like the chargers are going to move the ball. They're going to put up some points on them. Uh, two and a half. Obviously, under under key number there, I, I'm I'm sitting with Hughes here on the the Chargers. I'm not going to take the crossfire action though. I'll let you boys duke that one out. Um, but I feel like something with this game. I feel like the Chargers are just going to be able to move the ball at ease and put up some points against the Brownies. Okay, boys, my first pick after a big bounce back week, which I needed. Uh, I'm taking a mental mismatch here. Uh, and it's mostly because I don't buy into the opponent, but I'm taking the Miami dolphins going to the jets, uh, minus three and a half. They've got Teddy covers under center. The guy is a covering machine. I feel like he's got to have at least a 75% cover rate as his career as a starting quarterback. He's not flashy. He's not sexy, but guess what? Two is not fucking chucking the ball 60 yards down the field with a howitzer. Okay. Teddy's probably got a better arm than Tua does. All he's got to do is get the ball out to Tyreek and Waddle and just let them do their thing. I also just think up and down the roster, I feel like Miami's got a better uh, team than the Jets. I feel like the Jets have gotten really lucky in their wins. I mean, they've had to come back from massive deficits twice just to get their wins. Uh, And I think McDaniels is going to drop some uh, pretty creative stuff here for Teddy. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Minus three and a half against the Jets. Coulter, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm probably with you on this one. I can't really get too jazzed to take uh, Robert Sala versus Mike McDaniel. I think there's a mini coaching mismatch brewing there on the sidelines. It's a big number for Miami on the road, but the fact that it's still early in the season, it's not a cold weather game or anything like that. I think that goes to their advantage. 
I will say this, my, my favorite, not that this really affects our pool or our, but, our, but for our listeners, is I actually am looking at a strong, strong lean uh, slash play towards the over in this game. Um, I just think that there's going to be a back and forth element to it where I, of all the one o'clock games, I don't know why my gut is looking right at this Jets Miami game is the game that will be the most exciting. I don't know why. Um, but so, yeah, I like the over uh, the fact that I think it's going to go over that hook in our pool makes me less inclined to take Miami, but I am with you on that one. Um, right now I'm going to take Miami. I think it's a little coaching mismatch. Um, I like their talent, and their speed too. I, you pointed out the Hill model thing. It's, that's a nightmare for the Jets. It's scary. Yeah. And McDaniel can just scheme up plays to take advantage. Even if it's, I was going to say, even if it is a situation where I'm thinking it's 27, 27, Hill could house one and yeah. the game could end 34, 27 yeah. and recover and, and win. Hughes, what do you think on that pick, buddy? This is tough. So I am going with the Jets. Now, whether or not I feel like I can crossfire this, that's what I have yet to determine. The Milfson's a tough play. Three and a half seems, I don't know. It, 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 there's something, I don't want to say I thought Miami would be favored by more because obviously Teddy Two Gloves is his own, his own beast. But, um, but I did think this line was going to be maybe four and a half or I don't know. Um, Cause I do think Miami's a lot better. The jets have hung around. They're two and two. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning jets right now. I'm not going to crossfire, but that's, I'm leaning jets. I, I think I thought Wilson played fairly well last week. I mean, not great, but, but he I mean, played considering okay. he won on the road in Pittsburgh in his first game back after injury. I actually think that's a, you, I, I mean, I, I get, I get, they have two backdoor wins Kaz. I agree. But like, I do have to say they, 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 they he looked good. Wilson, he exceeded expectations. Right. I mean, That's and fair. quite frankly, quite frankly, Flacco was playing well with these receivers too. So, I mean, they might have a little bit of something cooking in that offense, which is why I like the, I like the over because I think these are two good offensive minds. The uh, Forest brothers coaching the jets offense and, they seem to be producing points or at least they're moving the football, you know, they're moving the football around the field. Fair. But before we I go all crazy, the Steelers aren't the Steelers this year. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, yes, it's tough to win in Pittsburgh. That's always an accomplishment, but they did it against Mitch and coming Pittsburgh. off the injury cold in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad Steelers team. I get it. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, do you want me to give my best? Well, hold on. Hold on. We got Mr. Model. We got to weigh in on, on this Dolphins. Oh, Jets game. Wait, real quick question. Yeah. Yeah. Is Garrett Wilson hurt? Because that was I don't one thing I wasn't so. sure of. I okay, he kept getting dinged up, or it looked like he was getting banged up in that in their last game. So I wasn't sure. Um, I thought at one point in time I saw him uh, limping off. So I wasn't sure if he was hurt. If he's healthy, yeah, I think they've got some really good weapons, um, and I do think that, that that factors in. And their defense is is not bad. Um, no injury designation going into this. All right, cool, Mr. Model. Where do you stand here? Um, I, I think there's a saying that if you can get the Jets as an underdog at home, you got to do it. So you know, I'll go ahead and crossfire and say, uh, those Jets are going to probably, uh, easily cover if not win outright. I am, uh, all over the big green this weekend. Oh baby. I love it. Boys, we got a crossfire in every pick. I'm into it. You're crossfire too? I'll take extra money. All right. Uh, Okay, we're back now. It's time for key picks. Mr. Model, you let us off, so why don't you give us your key pick this week, my man? Yeah, I am going to stay with my theme of primetime games, and I'm going to the Sunday night game. Baltimore is home against Cincinnati. In the pool that we are playing, uh, Baltimore is the favorite of minus two and a half. Um, I like them in this spot. I think uh, you get... You send Justin Tucker out there. I think he uh, easily covers that two and a half, if not more. He'll hit it from all over the fields. Kickers game. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, so I think uh, Baltimore has got this one wrapped up. The, the, the thing for me too, you know, the variance around Cincinnati has kind of caught up, caught up with them this year. I think they had a ton of positivity last year that obviously ended them in uh, getting to the Super Bowl and performing well throughout the year. But now it's kind of turned the other way. I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up and Baltimore's going to put it together. Give me Ravens minus two and a half. This is why I'm glad you're back, my friend, because I guarantee you in the past four shows, we did not use the word variance. It's just not part of our vocabulary. So well done. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Coulter, where do you land here? Ravens minus two and a half. 
Yeah, full agreement here. I, I like Cincinnati's the fact that they're getting a little bit of rest uh, coming off the Thursday night game, and the fact that uh, they had a tremendous edge in that game over Miami uh, that might be missed on the public is that Miami was super tired coming off that uh, game against Buffalo. So Cincinnati was in a real layup spot on Thursday night. So I like the fact that some people might just be backing the Bengals because they are rested and they they won that game uh, and looked good the last time we saw them in a primetime spot. So I love that fact. Uh, and I like the coaching mismatch. You guys know through our text thread, I'm not a fan of Taylor. Uh, Harbaugh obviously has a Super Bowl uh, ring on his hand. So that's enough for me. I know Baltimore is probably one of the top, top six hardest places to play. I know the Bengals were used to playing there, seeing their divisional opponent. But I think you have to think uh, Ravens after blowing that lead last week. Max motivated. Uh, they definitely would love to get a game up on the division with Pittsburgh and uh, the Browns lagging. If the Bengals being the, the real team that's threatening them, I, this is a marquee game for them, a must-win spot. Uh, they've got a great field goal kicker, so there's no reason to, to think that the two-and-a-half should be an issue. He should be making field goals and extra points and all that jazz. So if, if this game is a Justin Tucker missed extra point, the Bengals only – only lose by two. I'm going to freak out. So uh, yeah. <laughs> cut this audio clip. If that ends up <laughs> Hughes, where do you stand on this game? Um, Man, I, I this one was probably the hardest one for me. Um, I'm currently on the Bengals. I think I've been on the wrong end of the Bengals. There's another team um, that I can't quite figure out. I do think they had a couple of tough losses coming in a little bit of a, you know, Super Bowl loser hangover. I did. I did think they played well in the Colters point. I think a little bit of rest and a little bit of extra preparation, especially with Baltimore coming off a similar type, you know, like, you know, battle um, that potentially, you know, the Dolphins were coming in with. Um, Obviously it's at home. So I think there's, there's obviously a little bit of a different angle there, but I I do think there's a really, you know, a chance that the Ravens are, you know, I don't want to say tired. It's not fair, but like, but there's, they're a little bit fatigued from this, uh, from the, from the bills game. But um, I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I'm, I'm not going to crossfire, but I think right now I'm on the bank. Good switch. I uh, saw some stat that the, ba- uh, the Ravens have trailed for only 14 seconds this year and they have two fucking losses. That's just brutal. Um, yeah. Harbaugh, man. I know he's the coach coaching mismatch here. Cause I am certainly not a, a Zach Taylor fan, but what the hell was he doing last week? Not kicking a field goal at the end of that game to take the lead. Like it just fucking blew my mind why you wouldn't take the points there and, and have a lead and trust your defense. Something weird yeah, going on. In Baltimore you can see too. that their defense is pretty mad at that decision. Uh, yeah. I think it was the Josh Allen intimidation factor. I, um, I get it, but like either way, they're going to get the ball. Right. So wouldn't you rather have the lead? One would think. And you have a good I mean, kicker. And yeah. You have a good kicker. I don't know, man. I feel like that kind of, they were at like the two yard line though. That doesn't really impact that situation. But I, I always do bring that into Ravens when they're talking yeah. spreads and stuff. It's, I mean, you uh, do have I'm, I'm sitting on uh, the Bengals right now. It's not a confident pick. I've already changed this twice uh, leading up to the, the, the pod tonight. So I'm certainly not going to crossfire here uh, just because again, under a field goal, I don't love that number, but uh, I don't know. Something feels weird to me about the, about the Ravens, especially after that loss to the bill. So I'm sitting on, Cincy, but not going to take any action on that pick, Mr. Model. Uh, All right, Coulter, key pick of the week. All right. Speaking of the Josh Allen uh, tax experience, I'm going to take the Steelers plus 13 and a half. They might be garbage, but uh, Bills have Mahomes in Kansas City on deck. They had Lamar last week. It doesn't get much tougher. That's a sandwich spot if I ever heard of one. Uh, it's tough to cover margin when you're coming off of two road games. Historically, this is a really tough spot. Uh, even if you are the historically great Buffalo Bills, um, I think Pickett, the quarterback switch, it actually inspires his teammates. They've got three good receivers that can test Buffalo's depth in the secondary. Buffalo has had injuries in the secondary already this year, as we know. Um, I think the loss to the Jets has put a stink all over Pittsburgh. They've got to be one of the least attractive sides uh, of the week, as you guys have heard. This is going to be one of the new things I'm shopping around this year is trying to find the unsexy side. Um, losing to New York will definitely make you unsexy to everybody. Um, Buffalo is a public darling. Uh, they would be even if they rolled in pig shit for a week. Um, the Thursday night, Monday night blowout win combo to start the season over the Rams and Titans has made them extremely overinflated. 
Um, and they're going to be heavily taxed the whole year, the rest of the year from those two games. Two games are going to dictate this whole team season when it comes to the number. Um, I smell a third straight ATS loss here against a Mike Tomlin team who's going to be max motivated because one in four for them means that they are basically at a 0.0 chance to make the playoffs. Not saying the Steelers win the game, but they're going to give it their all. Um, they won in Buffalo a couple of years ago to start the season, so they're not afraid of this Buffalo team by any stretch. I think they do have a good defense, even without T.J. Watt. And I think um, there's just a little bit of a rallying cry on their sideline now with a new quarterback. There has to be some sort of uh, you know motivational switch there with Mitch, who was just overthrowing receivers with every every which way but loose. So yeah, yeah. Steelers thirteen and a half, my best bet. Just after I shit on the Steelers saying the Steelers are not the Steelers, you come and make a pick like this. Hughes. I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're foreshadowing that one. Hughes, where do you yeah, stand I mean, here? I mean, I'm clearly just fishing for action. I'm going to crossfire this. I, I, I don't know about the Kenny Pickett pick. I think that's where I'm a little bit – I don't think he's very good. I, I agree he probably isn't going to be worse than – you know what they've potentially had, but I, 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 I don't, I'm not, I'm not buying it. And I think Buffalo at home, his first start of his career in that fucking place, they're going to be shooting ketchup and mustard at him when he was trying to walk out the fucking tunnel. Like I, I I'm, I'm not buying Kenny Pickett showing up and giving us. He played in Hines Stadium for four years. He's used. Yeah, to with nobody, up. with nobody there. But yeah, probably right. I mean, that's the only thing that was in the fucking stands. Pitt stinks. <laughs> Andrews, he should be fired. Um, just kidding. They're actually not that bad. Uh, but no, I'm going with, I'm going with Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo comes in. I think they take care of business. I think this is one of those games that they know on their schedule that they have to, they have to clean up and just not let this get like be a close game where they got a battle at the end. Um, and so I think we see something similar to what we saw against Tennessee. Mr. Model, what do you think about this one? You getting in on this action? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I would love to take uh, Buffalo minus 13 and a half as well, only for the reason that the line is up to 14 and a half in general. And if I had to flip a coin and say which way it was going to land more, I think it, Baltimore or Buffalo tends to cover more than 50% of the time that 13 and a half. So uh, I will happily take that, uh, that other side against Coulter as well. Well, I don't know if we've had this before, but I'm going to join in and make this a triple crossfire. <laughs> the rare tri-cross. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier. I just think the Steelers team stinks. Hughes, you made a great point. This is Pickett's first start in Buffalo. That place is always crazy. They're going to make it hard for him to play. Um, I, I usually hate these spreads because, like, literally all it takes is the, is the Steelers to score the opening you know, touchdown oh, back door is going to be wide. Open. Yeah. Back doors open, you know, all it takes is one fluky touchdown here, but I think this is a statement game. I think the bills have an opportunity to like take out a traditional AFC powerhouse on their path to winning the AFC. So I think this is like a potential statement game here for the bills. Um, and like Mr. Miles said, if this is up to 14 and a half right now, I love it. So we're getting under two touchdowns. Um, I'm predicting a blowout here. This, this could be a 25, 28, some huge, fucking victory here for the Bills. So triple crossfire, Coulter. It's rare. I don't think we've had it before. That's all right. 82% of the tickets are on the Bills. So yeah, we we are Joe public in this one for sure. (laughs) I I do agree with you. I I think Mike Tomlin, the boys will be ready to go. The the thing is, is that do the, do the Bills sleepwalk through the first quarter or first half, which they are notorious for doing. And so I, I'm not, I'm not saying it. But I do. I, I, do I saw this with the Broncos with Manning. I've I've seen this trick before with the bookie. They the, they put the team that's sexy early in the season. The, the team that's sexy flashes early. They show their muscles on offense. They look like Popeye. Everybody falls in love with the muscle, the scoring, and then they retreat and they're not really as efficient as we think they are on offense. And what have we seen the last two weeks? They're not as. What is this? 13 and a half. They haven't looked efficient on offense. They scored three points in the first half against the Ravens. and They barely scored what? 17 points against Miami. I mean, come on. Fair. Yep. Fair. This is not a world beating offense period. End of discussion. They, uh, I, I heard they are in desperate need of uh, a wide receiver and Odell Beckham is just waiting to get healthy. That would be something, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, Hughes, let's get your key pick for this week, my friend. 
All right, boys. Well, I somehow didn't have this as my key pick last week and was on the Rams, which uh, was a mistake. That being said, I'm going to ride the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles in the desert, minus five and a half against a team that I think is very, very lucky to be two and two. Understands that they're lucky to be two and very two, lucky to be two and two. is going to be completely outclassed against a team that is going to do what they want to do to teams to them. And it's gonna be a sight to see because I think and I, I've drank some of the Kool-Aid, so I'll, I'll hand up. I'm in Philly, everybody's going crazy, and I do not I'm not an Eagles fan. That being said, this team looks like they have the components that they need now. They did have some injuries on the offensive line last week, which is their best and most important asset um, is their O-line. But I thought the guys that came in played fine. If Hertz plays well, he is the G- – he, I mean, he, he can't be beat. He's a good running back. He's been an accurate passer for the most part. And, that, I mean, A.J. Brown is really fucking good. Like, at the end of the day, he's he was maybe underappreciated with the Titans, but he is really – a, a absolute asset to to what Hertz is trying to do. And obviously they've got a connection going back in the day. Smith's been getting more involved. They've got a really good tight end in Goddard. We've said it for the last couple of weeks. I'm on the Eagles and I'm not on the Cardinals because I think they fucking stink. They do stink. Coulter, what do you think here? Full agreement. Out class. Uh, I mean, he's said it all. I mean, it's a class dynamic here. The Cardinals, uh, they're posers and the Eagles are the real deal. Is really what it comes down to. Uh, I, I love Philly in the spot. I think they're going to run all over them. I think Arizona is a team that's going to fall behind and they're going to suffer for it. I know it seems like a repeated theme uh, that I've been saying about a couple of these teams, but if Philly goes up 10 nothing in this game, I feel like it's not the same as the Arizona going behind 10 nothing to the Raiders a couple of weeks ago when they got lucky and came back. And yeah, those two wins, I mean, the win over uh, the Raiders, I impressed by at all and then last week's win of all the wins in the nfl this year that have been accumulated i think arizona over carolina is my i just don't care i don't care that that happened i don't give arizona any credit for it really uh, i guess it's a road win so congrats but i just did two limp teams and one limp team walked out of there with a win i guess so yeah i like philly in this one with these mr model uh, as much as I would like to pick uh, Kingsbury and uh, hope for a prayer that they will be able to outcoach the the Eagles and come out with a win, I just can't do it. Um, I too am on the Eagles at five and a half. Yeah, I am so shocked that this is not above a touchdown. I I don't see what is going on here. I think uh, it's because Arizona's frisky, right? It has to be. Yeah, I, I think it's the backdoor the factor. Like the second yeah. half, they they come back. Like if I was a gambler and Eagles gave it up, right? They gave it up week one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So backdoor could be open here, but I feel like they're going to blow the doors off of the fucking Cardinals. Like they sleep, the Cardinals sleepwalk. The first half of this game could be 21, nothing at halftime. And then it's just a matter of do the Eagles, you know, take the foot off the gas and Kyler does his thing. But what I saw too uh, last week, you saw Cliff and Kyler kind of getting at each other on the sideline, which is never a good sign especially because one of those two people has a massive contract and a long-term extension. One of them could get fired at any moment. So I don't think that it, uh, everything is smooth down in the desert. So, uh, I think this is going to be a blowout. I almost made this my key pick. Um, but I didn't, I switched it off. I'll give you mine in a second, but yeah, I'm, I'm with the Hughes. I think this is going to be a complete and utter blowout. Yeah, interesting thing here too with the Cardinals. Obviously, have some connections, having worked there, and a bunch of buddies who are you know either still there or some guys that are season ticket holders, things like that. One of the things that they've pointed out over and over again is that Cliff Kingsbury's offense is meant to have a guy who can stand in the pocket, maybe a soft roll, but is more of a statuesque type quarterback with maybe a little bit of scrambling capability. But the air raid offense is not like a running offense, and like I think the fact that they're trying, like from whatever what they keep saying is. Kyler Murray is literally a midget and I'm not trying to like bash on him because he's so small. And I think, you know, big cat has, as you know, makes his picture a little on the uh, quarterback power rankings, but like I, they've had, they've said like he can't throw from the pocket. He is not tall enough to be able to get the ball out and be able to see what's going on. 
with what's going on in front of them. So like almost all of their stuff when successful has to be moving the pocket. And I feel like that's just an incredible disadvantage and really a mismatch of coach and quarterback. And they need to either figure out, and I think the Cardinals ownership and whatever needs to figure out what do we want to have? Do we want to have Kyler Murray? And to your point, they just signed him to a huge deal. So it seems like that's where they're kind of stuck. Or do we want to have Cliff Kingsbury in this bullshit offense? I think they need to make a decision and get rid of Cliff and bring in somebody. What's wild is I thought it should have been Lincoln Riley. Um, but at the same time, bring in somebody that can coach Kyler and figure out how to get him a better equipped to, to distribute the ball because it, it doesn't look like it works. No. Yeah. Something's broken there. Um, okay. For my key pick of the week, I am picking a team I picked last week. So if anyone has some astute memories, uh, you'll know I'm riding this team. I think they're a really good team. I am picking the Jacksonville Jaguars at home minus six and a half against the Houston Texans. I thought they were going to pull out maybe a win against the Eagles last week, but certainly a cover. They jumped out to, I think, a 14-0 lead. Um, that game, though, I this is a bad handicap by me, hurricane. So weird shit happened. Trevor Lawrence had some fluky fumbles. Um, but I think this showed that they're actually a, a pretty solid team um, and, and really had a chance to win that game. That ultimately did um, I was previously riding the Texans. They've now lost my full faith. I think, uh, we're, we're seeing that they're just a team devoid of talent. Lovey, you know, say what you want about him, but I think he's another guy that falls under that category of you're a great coordinator. You're not a great head coach. Um, they just don't have the talent to, to keep up with him. I think this Jaguars defense is going to go nuts, uh, against Davis mills. It's under a touchdown at home against an, a winless Texans team. So I'm riding with the Jags. Minus six and a half. Coulter, what do you think? Yeah, I want to be careful with this one. I'm with you on the Jaguars, but I know that uh, Houston did play a competitive game against the Chargers, and I feel like because they didn't cover, people are going to be off of them. Like you just said, they're they're finally no longer backing Davis Mills. Um, and I, I'm always uh, cautious about jumping off the bandwagon or, or some, doing something like that too early or a week too early. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the Jaguars defense. They should feast. I don't know if Houston can get past what 13 points in this game. So then all we need from Jacksonville is 20. Uh, I think that is doable. Houston's defense showed that they are a turnstile last week against uh, the Chargers. Um, I, there is a little bit of a coaching advantage too here. Peterson against Lovey Smith, you just touched on. They're both first year coaches in their new environments, but they've been around the block once before one of them has a ring one of them doesn't so um do have to factor that in i am on jacksonville i will admit though to you Kaz, i could see myself switching this one as the week goes on although i think the line mr model probably can jump in here is probably at seven now so i think it's moved yeah uh, then, then i'm then i'm gonna stay on jackson <laughs> yeah that, i will be staying on the jaguar <laughs> uh hughes what do you think yeah uh I want to like the Jaguars and root for the Jaguars. So I'm going to. And so, yeah, I'm on the Jags. I, I was with you. I was, I was an early Texan believer thinking that they might be pesky. Obviously the first week they tied and it was like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe they're okay. The Colts were supposed to be good. The Colts, not great. Um, Broncos game was kind of weird, but couldn't score bears game. They gave it away uh, with a fucking awful pick. So like they had a bunch of weird things happen against a bunch of teams that aren't that great. Uh, and then I thought the Chargers, you know, they hung around. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think this this Jags team, we're seeing some things really with their defense. Um, and also, I think Trevor's coming into his own a little bit. And they've got some really good weapons. Uh, so I think they've built a decent team. I was very skeptical um, going in. I really thought that they made some weird choices. I did think they should have taken Hutchinson. Um, but, you know, I think their defense has shown that, like, they're, they're playing really well. And I'm on the Jags with you. All right. Mr. Mott, are you in agreement? I'm scared to say it, but we are in full agreement. Jacksonville here, minus six and a half. Let's go. Uh-oh. We should each take out a ticket on the yeah. Texans well, seven and a half or whatever yeah. it is. Where, where is it now? Is it seven or seven? Seven. seven. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we all can't be wrong unless we are. Uh, I do want to say, though, before we go, we did not touch on this game. It is my New York football giants in foggy London town. And I had sent this around in our chat that this is such a banana stat that this is the first time 
in the history of the NFL playing in London that there are two teams with a winning record. And Coulter, you probably know a little bit more than me than on this. I feel like this is what, like the 10th, 12th year that they've been doing this? Oh, easily. They were doing At it when least, I was right? a freshman in college. And that was, I, you know what it was? They brought it in, I think it was 2008. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. And the, the, the past few years, there's been at least two or three games. So the fact that this is the first yeah. game featuring uh, winning teams is just insane. Um, the spread is seven and a half in our pool. Where, where are you guys landing? Because I think I'm on the Giants. I, I think I think this game is going to be similar to what we just saw the Packers do against the Patriots. You know, like I just don't think the the uh, Packers are like an explosive super team this year. And I think the Giants defense can do enough to keep them kind of hanging around. You got Barkley uh, clock control, keep the ball out of Rogers hands. I think the Green Bay run defense showed it's very weak against uh, new England last weekend. Uh, a little concerned about the rest of the Giants offense, other than Barkley though. Yeah, we have no, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I, I do like Green Bay because I, I think LaFleur is a really good coach, and I think uh, he might he might just have this team ready to go uh, after kind of a lackadaisical effort against New England. They they might that has to be a wake up call game for them because they could have lost, which would have been probably uh, the ugliest loss maybe in Rogers' career. Not to say that the Patriots are bad, but losing to Billy Zappi at home when you're a ten point favorite is just not good. Um, but so yeah, I I think that was a splash of water on their face. I do think they're going to cover the margin. We got our good London game last week. Um, it's tough for me to take a team that doesn't have receivers and has so many questions with quarterback right now. Yeah, they got no weapons, injured quarterback, so I'm not sure if that's going to be a good pick. Hughes, where do you fall on that one? Yeah, so I'm on the Giants. Um, I will say just uh, real quick, 2007, first game in Wembley, uh, Giants-Dolphins it looks like. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing this for a while, so it is kind of crazy that this is the first game uh, where both teams have winning records. So they have been – in my opinion, penalizing shitty teams by stealing a home game from them. Uh, and that's been part of the deal. And that's why those teams stink. Um, you know, in terms of the games, there's always usually one bad team. Um, and that's because I think the NFL, again, sends the Jag- well, and the Jags, I think, had a connection, but they send these teams over that haven't been very good. Uh, but I do like where the Giants are at. And I think, um, I think they can hang around in this game. I didn't really love what I saw from the Packers. I think they'll definitely sleepwalk through the beginning of this game. And I think the Giants... They've got some momentum, and I think we've shown that the coaching – we've seen, excuse me, the coaches have shown um, that they know how to put this team in a position to be successful. Uh, they're not, they might not win this game, but I think they keep it fairly close, uh, and I think a lot of that's going to be on, on, on the legs of Barkley, uh, trying to make sure that they can establish something against that Green Bay team that I do think the Pats had going and for some reason decided not to do when they got into overtime and they had the ball on the plus side of the field and had a chance to win, but what the fuck, you know. Mr. Mato, what do you, uh, who you got in that game? Uh, I'm on Green Bay yeah. right now. Um, I can't say I like it, and it may, depending <laughs> on how lines shift or where we land, it may come off. But if I think about it, I mean, I, right now it's favoring Green Bay, and if I think about those two teams long-term, are they going to give me the better shot to to cover that? That's where I would tend to go. So. All right, fair enough. Well, you made your triumphant return to the ring, Mr. Model. I'm back. Great hat. Inspired a Crossfire Palooza. How many yeah. Crossfires did we get? All it took was Mr. Model would come back, and the Crossfire started flying, baby. What do we have? A dozen? Uh, we we had a lot here. I think almost every pick got one. Yeah, three picks did not, and every other one has multiple actions on it. So we got a lot of Crossfires. Tickets galore! I love it. Unbelievable. All right, gentlemen, that's a great episode. That is number 129 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trend. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.